Well, son, we owe five grand to the government. So sometime between now and uh, 10 a.m. on Thursday, I've got to come up with a small fortune. Well, let's see what we got here. Uh, desperate woman needs human hair for wig. Will pay any price. Red preferred. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. What's up, guys? This is the Married with Children podcast, the show that uh, the birds use as a toilet, but just hose us down and we're as good as new. My name is Al, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Jamie. Oh, split in. Ow! <laughs> I passed math today, French too, and I don't even take that. Nice. And I'm Dan Chase, and I believe Steve didn't quit the pet store. He was fired. Justice for Bosco. Wow, the Bosco saga continues. I think Bosco is going to be like our Harambe, right? I'm never going to let it go. Poor Bosco. (laughs) Poor Bosco, indeed. You savage, Steve. All right, guys. Tonight we are reviewing A Taxing Problem, Season 4. Episode 14, faced with an IRS audit, Al cooks up a harebrained scheme to earn some extra money, (laughs) but Peg's not going to like it. Nope, not one bit. Original air date, January 14th, 1990, director Jerry Cohen, writers Paul Diamond and Ron Levitt. This starts off with a mathematical problem. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Farmer Brown has 50 potatoes and six children. If half of the potatoes are to be divided among one-third of the children, how many potatoes do each of the remaining children get? Oh, God. Uh, It's a trick question because 25 potatoes can't be divided among two children evenly. And even if divided unevenly, there's no way to determine how many each of the remaining children would get. Exactly. I've gone cross-eyed. I know, I know. Short skirt for math Monday. (laughs) Now, Jamie, how many times did you have to dress up the next day to pass a test? You know, I never did because I'm smart. Yeah, Jamie's wicked smart, dude. You're smart? I just did it because I wanted to. (laughs) <laughs> she, she did it like Yvette to steal her friend's uh, boyfriend. Right. <laughs> but I did not use a horrible French accent while I did it. <laughs> Do the oh. American boys like this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Buck is constipated. <laughs> and he's eating, well, he's supposed to be eating laxative. How'd it go? Ah, he's still constipated. (laughs) If it was any tighter, you can wear him to the prom. You mean to tell me he didn't react at all to the picture of you naked? Because just the thought of it would work for me. Well, I guess we have to give him his pill. 
Yeah, but it'll spit it out if we don't wrap it in something that tastes good. Well, let's see what we've got. Oh, that's how we had to feed my dog all the time. Feed him his pills. You got to throw it. You got to throw it in a little, uh, little snack Yeah, I used to give my dog Percocets that way. Because <laughs> oh, my really? dog wanted to get high with me, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I put Brian's medicine in pieces of cheese. <laughs> Alex, can you wrap a Percocet up in cheese uh, for me? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a nice green fuzzy one. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, what we get here, though, is the first appearance of Mom's Mystery Meat. Oh, okay. Somebody eats that one day. Actually, a group of guys eat Peg's Mystery Meat in the fridge that's wrapped in tinfoil. And it's moving. <laughs> Mom said never to touch that. You know, one thing you don't know right now, but it's actually hot also <laughs> while it's in the fridge. <laughs> So they find a piece of cheese from a mouse trap, and the mouse didn't eat it because, you know, that guy already got rid of the mouse. And they don't have a mouse to eat that cheese. Al comes downstairs, pops it in his mouth. Ugh. Ugh. Yummy fuzzy cheese. <laughs> hey, I love waking up after your mother's already up and out. Scent of her perfume still in the air. 50 bucks missing from my wallet. <laughs> Just like I was single. Hey, breakfast cheese. <laughs> Not bad. You know, I have a feeling it's going to be a big day for Daddy today. The biggest day. Humongous. Who could that be? Well, since Mom and Kelly's boyfriends have their own keys, it's probably the mailman. Bundy, I just want you to know I'm retired after 20 years of faithful service. <laughs> probably one of my one of my favorite moments of the episode. <laughs> it really was. He's so sincere. He's just so proud of his mailman gig, and he he's so close to retiring. It's, it's so true to life, too, because. It seems like the mailman would think that we'd all care, but does anybody really even care or know who delivers their mail? Our mail person changes every second, and yeah. consequently our mail gets delivered to various houses around the neighborhood. <laughs> right. But, Jamie, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because this guy says that he's been his faithful mailman for, for 20 years, right? Is, was that mm -hmm. it? Okay. So what does that tell us? Is this the infamous mailman? Oh, oh, exactly. That's who's getting Donnelly's wife. It's it's not different mailman. He's been his faithful mailman for 20 years. It's got to be him. Dude, you good are... connection. He was having a life. Mm -hmm. I was just I just thought about when I saw him, he reminded me of Captain Kangaroo. And, and, <laughs> and that means that he could be uh, the little girl from um, – Yeah, the, he's the Girl Scout Cookie's dad because she has his eyes and he's also Nestor's dad maybe. Yep. Some, somebody put the mailman up against the little girl and see if there's any uh, resemblance. Wow. <laughs> I guess uh, those kids won't be getting a fresh new mommy <laughs> because he's retiring and there's nothing the, – the, the affair is over. What's Al going to use for material now? Or, or he's just gonna uh, he's he's gonna double down on it because he's got plenty of time now because he's retired. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's delivering something more than the mail. He doesn't have to wait till uh, he gets to that route to do that anymore. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, that guy's name is uh, A.J. Freeman. Uh, he actually retired from acting in 1991, a year after this. He was on the A-Team, Quantum Leap, and Time Stalkers, as well as uh, various other television and movie gigs. So, <laughs> Al gets his tax return. It was so, like, messed up what he did to Kelly, telling her to go away, and then come back and just using her nail to open up the letter. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> now go. <laughs> oh, my God. Audited. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be audited. Very nice. I just spent three hours in a beauty parlor, and all you can say is, I'm being audited. <laughs> Why do I bother? <laughs> What's audited? Well, basically, it's where they take everything you own and throw you in jail. <laughs> but just dad, right? <laughs> yeah. Then to hell with it. Hey, get our tax records, because I'm suing the moron that bungled our taxes. Oh. Well, gee, that would be me. <laughs> Oh, now, don't get that look on your face. It's a good thing I did the taxes. You see, I had this idea. If claiming two children as dependents gets you $200, imagine what 23 kids would be worth. The gas chamber. Dipped on his car. I won. I always said I could have... No, it's mine. Uh, kids, don't fight. There'll be cars for the both of you, because mommies will be up for grabs, because mommy will be up the river with me. See... <laughs> It was a joint return. Now, why would Peg even be on? How does there a joint uh, tax return? Well, is that from her little stint when she worked at Burger Trek for like three weeks? I guess you got to file that, so they filed that together, huh? Oh, yeah. Here's my question. Why does he owe the government money? If he was initially awaiting a tax return, he doesn't make a whole lot of money. I'm sure he probably was getting a tax return of some kind. And he was, you know, clearly waiting for it. If he hasn't received it yet, that means the government hasn't sent him any money. So it's not like he took money that he then has to pay back. Right. Why exactly does he have to pay them $5,000? You always know what you're getting once you're done filing. It's not like a surprise in the mail. Well, she probably she clearly didn't tell him one way or the other because he would have known that she claimed 23 children. Yeah, I, I guess that's yeah. For him to owe five thousand, I don't understand that. It was he would have filled out a fraudulent tax return. That's all. Yeah, like he uh, still have to answer for that or whatever. But he wouldn't owe them any money, right? You know, because they haven't paid him any money. So I love how in TV it's always round numbers too. Yeah, like especially on this show, it's always you know five thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Now, do you guys like it when uh, Kelly and Bud bond over the their possible uh, double whammy jailed parents? <laughs> like they they yeah, high five each other. <laughs> but yeah, it's just funny. And we're gonna be the coolest kids in school. <laughs> I like that. Well, they do live in Chicago. They're finally <laughs> getting along. So yeah, Al owes five thousand dollars to the government, which is ten thousand today. Yes. Uh, so th that's like <laughs> us owing ten thousand dollars. Wow, man. Because it also the other thing that don't make sense about this is that he has like a certain amount of time to pay it and it's not a lot of time at all, which would never happen. Right. It would be uh, months to a year, minimally. 
Yeah, they need to do that for this episode to uh, have a ticking clock, so to speak. Yeah, we do have to move this along. Like, they're not going to flash forward a year and Al's going to be like, well, I still didn't do anything. You know? Right. Another Kenneth episode. Well, I'm assuming he has – that's the the – the scheduled time for his audit because he says specifically by 10 a.m. on Thursday. <laughs> so apparently his, his he's scheduled to be audited at that time. I guess he figures if he takes the money with him, then no harm, no foul. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, son, we owe five grand to the government. So sometime between now and uh, 10 a.m. on Thursday, I've got to come up with a small fortune. Well, let's see what we got here. Uh, free money for fools. Nope, nothing here. There's something. Store toxic waste at home. You wouldn't mind growing a second head for daddy, would you say? I don't know, dad. Everything in my closet sort of built around one head. Yeah. Well, we'll just circle this as a maybe. Hmm. Desperate woman needs human hair for wig. Will pay any price. Red preferred. <laughs> Ephus wasn't there, but Aunt Innie said, if you get her a blueprint of the courthouse, he'll pull his half-ton under the window, and you're just a manure ride away from freedom. (laughs) (laughs) What are you two looking at? Your lovely red hair. (laughs) Oh, Al, you noticed. (laughs) I didn't think you cared. Oh, but I do. Oh. Oh, come on, Buck. Take your pill. I put it in this nice bonbon. <laughs> and Al sees that and knocks it back after he just got out of the toilet. Yeah, yeah, he, he clearly learned from that. <laughs> I think when he, he said his stomach was upset, maybe the cheese will settle it. <laughs> <laughs> Since when does he just walk up to a table and just anything that's edible, he just grabs it and eats it real quick. I guess in that house, in that house, you have right. to. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. But then again, he should know better if nobody else is going for it. That's what I was thinking. I would say, well, how come you're not eating that? Like, you know, I'd say, is there something wrong with it? <laughs> so Al's comes out. Sarah starts uh, running a comb through Peg's hair. He, she thinks he's being so romantic, and as she points that out, he pulls out a tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> And does about the worst measuring job ever. Like the, he did it just so we could see it. Obviously, right. <laughs> like what? What is he going by? Because the the thing is sticking like you know almost a foot above her head. Right. And, you know, it's it's just so funny, but it works for the visual gag. Hello, we're the Privets. We're here to see the hair. Of course, step right into our showroom. Uh, dear, uh, these are our good friends, the uh, Privets. The Privets, yes. And this is my lovely wife, the... Um... The Peggy. Oh, you have lovely hair. Oh, I thank you. Leo, it's perfect. Come on, Leo, you can touch it too. Oh, it's very nice. Isn't it, though? Oh. Al, can I speak to you for a minute? Excuse us for a second. What's funnier about this? Peg not knowing why they're there or Peg's face when the privets are touching it and her head, she's leaning her head against Peg's head or Miss Privet's hair? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man, that's a tough one. That might actually be a three-way tie because they're all pretty. I'd say the second one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the look on her face, too. I, I love that moment. And she's like, uh, Al? Like, it, to me, it's that whole that whole scenario is so classic. Like, just sitcom, sitcom classic in general. Yeah. It's very funny. But the look on her face is the best. <laughs> <laughs> There's three things going on at once here, and they're all really funny. And the only one that's slightly not obvious, which I think it is, is how bad Miss Privet's hair is. And then we find out later that she her hair looks like that because of a woodpecker. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? I know. Did they remind you of, like, a discount Stephen Marcy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but and slightly creepier, too. To get into that, Marie Privet... Her name is Colleen Maloney. She was on Happy Days, the movie The Ring, the horror movie, and uh, Bachelor Party. Who was she in The Ring, I wonder? Wow. The the lady with the bad hair. Uh (laughs) I don't know. The lady who suffered the woodpecker incident. Oh, that's right. (laughs) She just does that in everything she does. That was the opening title sequence, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) There was a woodpecker down in the well. (laughs) Seven packs. The Leo Privet, speaking of a, a poor man, Stephen Marcy, he has only done this episode, and that is it. That is his only role in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, his real name is Paul Cotus. They're funny, though. They're they're pretty good. Uh, Peg is wondering why they're fondling her hair. And the best part is when Al says, go ahead, Leo, you can touch it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you say that if Peg doesn't even know why they're there? Yeah, it went right over her head. No pun intended. What's going on here? Well, Peg, I've got to pay the IRS, so I'm selling the uh, the lawn furniture. How much are you asking? Um, uh, 10000 Cal, it cost 40 bucks 15 years ago. <laughs> so did you. <laughs> you know, 10000 is a little steep, Bundy, but I might go to... Um, You know, it's really worth the money. Why, you can just sit on it for hours. And if you hose it off, it's good as new. (laughs) 5,000. Let's try to figure this whole thing out. Because, like, you know, we try to understand this thing where, you know, Al was buying a car the way he wheels and deals there. So, okay. (laughs) This is, like, the opposite. Al says Peg's hair will cost them $10,000. So the guy says it's a little steep. He'll he'll pay two thousand. So he took off eight thousand dollars on what Al said. So Peg is excited about this and says, uh, "You could sit on it, hose it off, and it'll be good as new." Just saying, "Yeah, you're gonna really enjoy it." So then the guy goes, "Okay," and he volunteers to pay another three grand on top of the two. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Would you go, oh, yeah, great. Well, here's $2,000. He goes, oh, well, then here's 5000 Like, what the heck? Like, this guy is worse than Al. (laughs) But I guess this is funnier because, you know, this guy's dumb. (laughs) It is funny to think of what his logic is there. You don't mind us taking it from you? Oh, no! Why, the dog just lies on it and the birds use it as a bathroom? (laughs) You know, I'll be glad to get rid of it. We'll be back tomorrow with a check. 
And then Al's face while she's saying these things, he's like looking at them like, ah, she's she's uh, don't pay attention to her. She's a little spaced out. Like, just look at his face what, when she's saying these things. He's happy that she's all for it because she doesn't know what she's talking about. But he's also kind of wincing that she, she sounds crazy, you know. So, Yeah, hey, you can blow a sale like that. Who wants to pay $5,000 for hair that's been pooped in? Right. I'm sure there's someone out there who does, but... I guess they figure, well, we'll just watch. You know, it's funny. My uh, should kill me for saying this, but my sister had a uh, bird uh, use her hair as a toilet one time. <laughs> I did once. I was in the fifth grade. I was on the playground. Bird <laughs> flew over and pooped in my hair. <laughs> yeah, my sister too. And I think I think it happened to her in 1989 to 91. So it's oddly enough, uh, it could have been any. Did the any- dog lay in it too? Um, Did you hose her off? <laughs> was it all white? Ugh. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> and then we sold it for for an extra three thousand dollars. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> as we alluded to earlier, uh, Al and Peg are celebrating their newfound money, and Peg hugs Al, and then Al goes, "Whoop, split end." And he pulls the hair out, and then he looks at her like, "Gotta watch, you know, watch these things, you know." And it's so funny because she still doesn't know what he's, why he cares. Right. But but I like how he, he feels. We're gonna dump the kids. We'll hide from the government. We're gonna travel around the country selling lawn furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just buy it for two hundred, sell it for five thousand. That makes sense. It's just another example, though, of the Bundys having this opportunity. To, you know, like he's getting audited, like let's take the money and just literally run away. Like they just have the worst solutions to all their problems. Right. Well, look what they did with the extra 50000 that Marcy gave exactly. them. Right. Exactly. Every opportunity they have, they squander. Right. Talking about the lawn furniture, she says it was $40 or it was 40 bucks 15 years ago. And he <laughs> says, so were you. Oh. <laughs> That is brutal. <laughs> Pegs eighty bucks. I guess that's how the whole football team got through her. Oh, they they were able to round up forty bucks. <laughs> yep, ran through her like Bucks meds through hell. <laughs> uh, bucks should be taken whatever you're taking. <laughs> oh man, Bud, honey, you'll never guess what your father just sold for five thousand dollars. Well, sure I would. He sold your hair. (laughs) No, silly. (laughs) The lawn furniture. Right, Al? (laughs) Well, we'll just discuss that when you wake up in the morning. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) I totally sympathize with Al, though, by the way. It's nice to see Al get his revenge, though, on Peg after all the uh, the bull that she puts him through. Well, and this is her fault. It oh yeah, it usually always is, isn't it? <laughs> We're here because of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Al, uh, his stomach turns. Uh, Bud hands him a newspaper and he runs over to the toilet. Kelly comes in the house and she looks so hot in her good grades skirt and top. And although she dressed like that for good grades, if she walked into my classroom like that, I'd still end up giving her the D. (laughs) Can you believe him? 
with all the hair in his nose, ears, and on his back, and he wants mine. It's hair envy is what it is. It's because they lose theirs and we don't, and they hate us for it. They have no respect for our hair. They only use it to pull us up, to pull us down. Guys only use her hair to pull her up and down and up and down. On what? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what that could be a reference to. Oh, my God. Could this mean anything else? (laughs) No. (laughs) Let's think about this for a second. I don't see how. I honestly even think that the waxing their car joke is... Right. You know, she's like, use your own hair to wax your car. And I'm like, yeah, is it really their car they're waxing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's polishing something. I don't know if it's yeah. a car. But uh, I, I can't be- I can't believe they actually said that in this episode. I was kind of taken back. I was like, whoa, did that really mean that? Uh, oh, uh, OK. Yeah. I mean, maybe her hair does provide a nice finish for car wax, but who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to find out. I, I don't think so, though. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I would. Uh, she has the morals of an alley cat, so he can't be too hard on her. <laughs> we give men too much. We give them our trust, our love, our support. We give them $5 to take us to the prom and not tell anyone they're our cousin. <laughs> but they do. <laughs> and then you're the laughing stock of the entire school. And he winds up in the backseat of your car with some fat slut named Roberta. And you have to take the bus home. Some prom, huh? Anyway. I say we women must draw the line at our hair. It serves a purpose. Like when you see a guy with really great buns. It's your hair that says, saddle up, cowboy. Rope me, brand me, break my spirit. Oh, yeah, and I'm the alley cat. (laughs) Well, there's no reasoning with Al. If I'm going to keep my hair, I'm just going to have to stay awake until that trial. Then I'll have 20 years of peace. (laughs) Don't you worry about a thing. We'll stay up with you, won't we, Kelly? Darn right. Our six eyes will beat as one. (laughs) So now they're supposed to sleep on the couch in shifts, but they all pass out together... Al comes down, and he's right about to go through and make his $5,000, pulls Peg's hair, and puts those scissors clean across it, man. Like, they had to be fake scissors because they couldn't even risk uh, those blades just, like, kind of slicing through. Because he really put it right through her hair. (laughs) They must have dulled the blades or used plastic or something. I don't know. But Al could not go through with it. He just felt bad, and he then he looks at Kelly, and he sees this little pumpkin on the couch, and he pats her head, even though we just heard things that would. It's just it's just sad to think that he sees her that way, but we just heard the some of the nitty gritty, and it's, it kind of makes me afraid to be a father. <laughs> Something to look forward to, I know, right? I know. Like, no matter what you do. Daughter's hair is going to get pulled in some guys. Well, back. before you were a husband, you were a boyfriend. I know. That's why I don't like it. Keep that in mind. I know. It's horrible. And then imagine on. your own daughter. Yeah. It's horrible. Can't believe what I've... Uh, never mind. <laughs> so, 
The best part, Al looks at Marcy, sneers, walks away. Then he looks at her again, and he says, you know what? He goes, snips about a three-inch piece of hair off the back of her head, and he makes her wear it like a mustache. (laughs) Classic. Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, God, that's the best. We got to post a picture of that on our Facebook. (laughs) So since Al couldn't go through with it, he's all packed for prison. Have a nice time, Daddy. Come on, Dad. You got two more days till the audit. Why wait? I'm guilty. What's my defense? Your mother's an idiot? (laughs) Besides, I deserve to be punished. I married your mother. (laughs) So long, kids. Let me know who wins this year's Bud Bowl. Come on. Now, surely you can make $5,000 in two days? (laughs) Thanks, son. Your love's going to make those 20 years just fly by. Now, I'm going to need some toilet paper, two-ply, white, a harmonica. Lay over that thing, will you? I'm sorry, Grant. I didn't know I was bothering anybody. Oh, and a picture of Mommy in case thoughts of escape crossed my mind. (laughs) That's pretty interesting. Al always uses pictures. Like, uh, he uses a picture of Peg's mother when he wants to stop being excited. <laughs> well, I mean, would you rather have her in the room with you all the time as a reminder? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So, turns out, uh, Steve quit his pet shop job. Fired. Fired? He's a liar, huh? He was, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, he's got a history. He shouldn't have been working at that pet store in the first place. Uh, you know, how do we even trust Steve anymore? You know, like, can we, can we trust Steve? So when he comes in and says that he was, he was, you know, he quit. Like, I don't believe him. I'm with Marcy on this one. Can't, can't believe a word he says. He says he's out looking for jobs. He's not out looking for jobs. He got fired. Just from Bosco. Right. And I, I gotta be honest with you, uh, for, Someone who's wrapping up their uh, stint, their great stint on a show. Hmm. Steve's whole reason for that he doesn't work there anymore was so boring, I just zoned out. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, what was it? I don't know. I zoned out. It just got boring. Something about another guy got assigned to the fish or something. I don't know. Fish or a bird? The guy didn't want fish. He wanted birds. And he was in birds, and the bird liked him, and the guy was mad. And then I kind of, I don't remember the rest of it. Yeah, it was very (laughs) kind of depressing that this is how Steve is going. Now, supposedly, this is the last episode Steve recorded for the show. Oh, wow. Although he's in another one. Hmm. So this was supposed to be his last scene, which is even more depressing, because I, I, I zoned out. Yeah. Hi, Al. What you doing? I'm headed for prison. <laughs> oh. Well, I got a problem. <laughs> You're probably wondering why I'm not at work. I'm looking at 20 years, Steve. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll bet you think I was fired, but I wasn't. I quit. I'll tell you, you wouldn't believe the politics that goes on backstage at a pet shop. They put me in with killers, Steve. I mean, there I am putting down fresh paper under the macaw, which like me, by the way, and don't think that wasn't noticed, when Zeke decides to make a power play. He wants birds. 
suddenly fish isn't good enough for him. So he breaks bread with the owner. Next thing I know, he's got his hands on my bird. And I'm up to my patootie and guppy poo. Steve, tell you what. Let's say I make you a nice license plate that says I'm a bore. Would that make you feel better, buddy? No, it wouldn't, Al. Here's, this is an interesting thing. So on IMDb, which we have been debunking since day one. Uh, so here, here's what they say. Look how stupid this is. Steve makes a reference that he quit his pet store job claiming that he wants to move to Yosemite National Park. This was, in fact, the last regular episode that Steve Garrison shot before his departure from the series. I said that, which I think is true, that departure part, but he never mentions Yosemite National Park. He says he wants to be a rodeo clown. Well, he does say something about being free. He says an outdoorsman. Out- was it? Yeah, but was it him singing Born Free? <laughs> no. You know what would make me feel better? To be the outdoorsman I was born to be. <laughs> Al... I want to be a rodeo clown. (laughs) You know, something with the land. Thing is, how do I tell Marcy? Well, now, see, that is a thorny one, Steve. Uh, Let's say I give that some thought while I'm making my marriage vows in a prison chapel to a guy named Rock. (laughs) But he never mentioned Yosemite National Park. Now, he does eventually work there that we find out later. Hmm. Actually, we find out like pretty soon, like in two, three episodes, yeah. But uh, he does not say it here at all. He never says, I want to move to there. So that's wrong. He just says he wants to be in the outdoors. All the while, he's talking about being a rodeo clown, all his nonsense with the birds and the fish. He could care less that Al's going to jail. And Al's like, prison, Steve, with the killers and, and murderers and rapists. And Steve's just like, so, you know, I don't know. It's a little too forced for me. And like I said, there's no doubt with what he was saying. I don't think that was a strong Steve moment at all. No, and I totally agree. And that really stood out to me. I was like, what? Really? What is this? <clears throat> and all I could see is just a pattern with Steve. Like, okay, keeps getting fired. And oh, like he even says, this time I didn't get fired and stuff like that. Like, what a loser. <laughs> He's always having problems here. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, I want to be a rodeo clown. Like, okay, like that's where we're going. Like, like the last stop mm-hmm. on the on the train here. Yeah, like, what? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, I totally agree, though. It's like, it's totally forced, you know? Yeah, him ignoring Al's jail references is so forced. Right. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> or prison, I mean. No, it's weird. It, it's it seems kind of empty, but I do, however, like the classic setup of this episode, in that it's you know it's all family, and then Steve and Marcy do their individual pop-ins, and right. it just it feels very sitcommy, you know. Just yeah, I I really like the structure of this episode, but as far as the conversation with Steve in itself, it it just doesn't seem all that interesting and it just and it it feels kind of almost like they're betraying the character right and that you know i feel like he deserved a little more than that well, and even more than the next episode which you know 
and it makes you think that what was what was their intention with that? You know, were they purposely trying to downplay it? You know, like did they not want to like make it a big deal? Because, um, like I said, I haven't seen you know his departure yet, obviously. But like with this and, and it being its last scene, like you would think that it would hold some 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 more significance. But I don't know. I guess they didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I don't know. I don't know the logic there. Were things bad? No, everybody loved them. Everybody was on good terms. Yeah, I mean, so it wasn't like a. Uh, it wasn't like a. So it wasn't like a Suzanne Summers thing from Three's Company, where I don't know if you know this, but and at the, toward the end of her run on that show, she was not allowed to be in the actual episode with the other people. She had to do all of her lines as if she as if. She were calling them on a telephone. Uh, I did hear that. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was basically off the show, but she was contractually obligated. So she wow. had to do some scenes, but she they made her go home to visit her family. I mean, I mean, in the show. And the only way she was actually allowed to interact with them is that, like, once an episode, she would make a quick phone call to Janet or whatever and talk to them for like a minute and that would be it that would be her right that would be her episode appearance because things were nasty like things were really bad on that show with her so it's so it wasn't like a situation like that it's not like they hated him and they wanted to get rid of him nope no he just wanted to do live theater that just makes it sad you know i mean i it kind of makes sense if they were bitter but I mean, this is a guy who had occupied this role for several years. You know, it was a popular role. It's not, I always liked Steve, you know, even back then, even back then I liked him. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. It's weird. It's baffling. It is. I just, it's a sad way to wind things down with him. I mean, it, then again, it was great for a while. You know, you had the. 976 shoe thing you had the at the zoo all that type of stuff was cool i guess they did have their steve heavy episodes sort of leading up and, and laying the groundwork but it just seems like there would have been a little bit more fanfare toward the or i don't know just maybe some better lines so yeah better lines at least like he's a he's about to go out give him some good jokes well being literal with that he's about to go out of val's house and the joke they gave him Okay, okay, this is something a man's got to work out for himself. I know. I'll call my mom. She always told my dad what to do. Until he killed himself. Oh, and Al, when you're in prison, if you run into James Brown, you tell him for me there's one white dude out there who thinks he got a raw deal. That is the – here's how ridiculous that even is. James Brown was arrested on April 3rd, 1988 for assault and again in May of 88 on drug and weapon charges and again on September 24th of 88 following a high-speed car chase on internet in, on Interstate 20 near Georgia-South Carolina state border. Yep. He was convicted of carrying an unlicensed pistol and assaulting a police officer, along with various drug-related and driving offenses. 
Although he was sentenced to six years in prison, he was eventually released on February 27th, 1991, after only serving two years for all that. Yeah, I remember that. And and, and Steve thinks he got a raw deal. <laughs> there were a lot of people that were angry, though, that he got put in prison, even though he, I mean, it was a mess. He was a mess. Do you know how many times he was sent to prison for a beating up women? He was a mess, but yet there were still people who were like big fans of his who just felt like, you know, he didn't deserve to go to prison. If you could sing and dance, you could do anything. Yeah. You could have the neighborhood children sleep in your bed. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I know. I believe this guy alone. All right. Uh... <laughs> just make sure you have pudding pops. <laughs> yeah, that too. Did you get me cigarettes, kids? I need lots of cigarettes. It's for my new boyfriend. <laughs> well, Al, if he only smokes after sex, a half a pack will do ya. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm gonna miss you, Peg. Well, I, I guess unless you're gonna cut your hair, I'll be gone. I guess, but if my husband's going to prison for something I did... Would you shave your hair? Of course I would. Yeah. But I'm me. I'm not her. Right. I also clean the house and cook. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. And work. Right. I see you, I guess, in a, in a decade or two. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. No, oh, Dad, please don't go. No, oh, Al, yes, I'll cut my hair. Not even a Shane Shane come back. Honey, no one wants you to go to prison. But we're talking about my hair, for God's sake. Why is everybody staring at me? I'm not the only one in this family with hair. Bud, what about you? Yeah, right. I'd be quite the lady killer as a 15-year-old bald kid with no money. (laughs) Yule Bundy. Well, don't look at me. I've got finals coming up. Hey. I don't want to cut my hair. We're talking about prison, Peg. Prison. When you watched Batman as a kid, you enjoyed the colorful heroes and villains, the text sound effects on the screen, the thrill of watching a heroic crime fighter escaping from death traps and taking down bad guys. But the show was devised to interest adults, too. What did you miss as a kid? Sexual innuendo. The penguin's too small for me. Closeted gay characters. Like that cape, Batman. Freudian death traps. Has the giant clam really swallowed Robin? Police incompetence. Bruce Wayne is a millionaire playboy. (laughs) Hardly a secret identity for Batman. Whether you're a kid or an adult, there's something to like about our favorite cape crusader. Tim and Paul dig for the deeper meanings under the Batmania every first, third, and fifth Thursday of the month. What's the podcast's name? To the Batpoles. To the bat poles, to the bat poles. So the privets are back, and she's rubbing the hair uh, that Al sold them up against her cheeks. It appears to be red hair. 
Uh, it's in a bag. Oh, Leo, it's beautiful. With this in my head, I can walk proud again and forget all about that woodpecker incident. What a day, huh? Well, that's 5,000. Pleasure doing business with you, Bundy. Anytime, Leo. Uh, listen, how's the wife uh, fixed for fingernails? <laughs> well, maybe now is not the time. We're in good health, Marie. Thank you. Hey, if you ever change your mind about that lawn furniture, no. <laughs> He's gone. Oh, <laughs> we did it. $5,000. Oh, Al, that's more than we'd make if you had an education. <laughs> Surprise beneath the towel that is on Peg's head during this scene, Peg still has all her hair. At this point, what were you guys thinking? When, when the towel was wrapped around her hair, and they did make that hair in the bag look reddish, what was going through your mind? That she had all of her hair, and they used Buck's hair. No, you did not think that. I ab- Do not lie. Yeah, No, I absolutely thought that's exactly what they did. Really? Yep. I swear to God. And I was already thinking in my mind, if that's what they did, that's a ridiculous plan. Because who's going to believe? Because Buck's hair is like, you know, half an inch long. Right. Yeah. Like who, how are they, how do they expect to get away with that? But, and I was like, so, and I, this is my, I bet that's what they did. Because I couldn't remember. I don't even know if I've ever seen this episode before. My memory on these, because this is like. This is like 30 years ago, so my, my memory... That's ago. You should have known, so go ahead. <laughs> like, some of these I've seen since then, and some of them I haven't. This is one I have no memory of, even from original run. So, <clears throat> it was like, if that's their plan, how do they expect to get away with that? Surely they don't expect to get away with that. There must be a different plan. No, that's the plan. <laughs> I mean, it just... And, and yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Now, Dad, what were you thinking at this point? Oh no, I knew that was from the dog. I knew that. I knew it was from the dog. <laughs> what? I can't. How do you guys you. know? What does that mean? Because it's the only logical way to go. It is the only thing that makes sense for this show. As soon, yeah, as soon as she entered, I knew that they were going to pull a fast one and, and shave it off Buck. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yep. Of course. Yep. So I guess I shouldn't bother asking what you thought when you saw Buck's bald ass. <laughs> well, it was. I was just waiting for it. I, I wanted to see um, where, where they, they took it. Yeah, where yeah. they took it. Yeah, yeah. And that was a good little reveal. So I thought it was great. I was like, oh, yep, there it is. I was <laughs> honestly expecting him to be. I thought they were going to have like shaved him right from the neck all the way back. Right. Because that little patch they took. Who's that going to fool? I'm not. Not that any of it would fool anyone, but. I really was expecting him to be like, you know, like when you take your dog to the, to the groomer in the summer and they take all the hair off except right. for like the head. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to be that. And that, that would be really funny, you yeah. know, but they did. Wow. Well, it turns out the big reveal is that Miss Privet will be wearing Buck's dyed ass hair on her head. <laughs> <laughs> so at least they went through the trouble of dyeing it red. Oh, man. When she takes a shower, she's going to smell like wet dog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Pretty good for a guy stupid enough to marry you, huh? <laughs> well, now I go pay my taxes, and then the only prison I'll be in is the one I created for myself. <laughs> Honey, before-
Before you go, I think you better walk Buck over by Marcy's Roses. He's still constipated. Well, all right. He should be eating what I've been eating. <laughs> Worthless flea bag. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. How many green fuzzy pieces of cheese (laughs) wrapped over a laxative are you eating for this episode, JB? Well, when I came into this... I was thinking I was going to eat five, but then like the more we talked about it and I fe- I realized that, that Steve's section kind of fell a little flat. Mm. <sighs> that kind of disappointed me some now that, that I was thinking about it, but I did really have fun with this episode. I love the fact that it's a, you know, just a classic one-off sitcom. I, this is, these are the episodes that I like when it's just one crazy situation it's solved by the end of the episode. Just, you know, your basic sitcom setup. And I always like it when they do this on this show. And it's always, I always have fun with it. And this is, you know, the hijinks of, of him trying to get to her hair while she's sleeping. And, you know, it's, it's great. So, you know what? Oh, I'm going to stick with five. I, I really did enjoy this episode. So I'm going to have five. Wow. Nice. All right, Dan, how many green fuzzy pieces of cheese are you? <laughs> Um, so I didn't love it as much as you guys. Um, I, I was going to give it three and a half actually. Um, I did, I did like a lot of parts of it, but, um, uh, and also too, is it this kind of payback for Peg? Didn't she cut off that girl's hair a bunch of episodes back, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, that's right. You know, so it's nice to see Peg uh, kind of getting or getting hers in this episode, especially from Al. I, I like that aspect of it kind of, uh, Except she didn't. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, um, I I did like a lot lot of um a lot of aspects of this episode, but um I didn't love it. Unfortunately, I thought it was really good though. Um, like you said, the Steve stuff really threw me off, and I think that's the main thing that's really taking it down. I know it probably shouldn't, but I can't get that out of my head, especially knowing that uh, he's departing. It's just that whole thing was just very weak all around and there were no real good punchlines and it was just, uh, bleh. so yeah, 3.5. Um, I was teetering between 3.5 and a four, but I, I gotta go 3.5 justice for Bosco. Wait, would you guys be ha- Would do you guys wish Al did cut Peg's hair? Yes. Yes. Yeah, me too. I, 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 no matter what they had to do, if they had to give her a, a bald cap and act like her hair was shorter for a while, let it grow an inch every episode, just as yep. a goof, you know, yep. just have it one inch longer every episode until it got back to normal. I wouldn't even care. Yep. I mean, they wouldn't even have to do that. In sitcoms, you can erase what happened the week before and just go on like everything's normal. Right, the next yeah, but week. we would have a major problem with that if she came back next week with normal hair. We, except, I mean, you could. 
I wouldn't though because it's a sitcom. So it's like a cartoon. You know, you just Right. Yeah, I I give them passes for things like that just because it's funny. So I don't know. They could have done that. I thought I think it would have been funnier if they actually had or maybe even endearing if she had offered to do it. I think it would have been acceptable if they did it at the end of a season and then she came back and it was normal again. You know, like if that happened, I could swallow it better. I'm uh, I'm ticked off that Cersei's hair hasn't grown back in Game of Thrones still. So, you know, <laughs> like, come on with it. <laughs> uh, well, um. I give this episode a 4.5 out of 5. I really liked it. The only reason that it gets a 0.5 is because of Steve. That was just so stupid to me that I want to hold them accountable for that. It doesn't make me not love this episode. So I guess I'm I'm not really rating this properly because 5 out of 5 means you love it. 4 out of 5 means you really liked it. Well, I mean, you're close to loving it. Yeah, I am close to loving it. That's probably so. I am accurate because that does it throws me for such a weird. And I don't like that Steve and Marcy weren't together either in this episode. Right? Yeah, that that was off. Yeah, it has obviously happened before, but I think at this period of time and everything that's going on, I feel like they should have been together mm-hmm. just to give us that dynamic for one last time or two last times, you know, whatever. Yep. So, and I don't think they're together in the next episode. Oddly enough, I, I believe. But, uh, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this episode title, A Taxing Problem. That's the title of a Japanese movie. Don't really know what it's about. Maybe it's about a a guy who shaves a dog's ass hair. (laughs) (laughs) Just like everything just keeps being the same. (laughs) Like that uh, that lady. He shaves it with a katana blade. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I give this. uh, It was a great premise. Al getting, uh, instead of getting money from the tax, he gets audited. Of course, Peg is the reason. Uh, the whole thing of him going to jail and nobody caring, that always bothered me, actually. I always felt like they should band together at times like this. And, like, how could you really not care that Al's going to jail? That always, something about this episode always struck me. It really, like, bothered me that nobody cared. I'm looking like, you guys have to care, right? I mean... It's hard for me to separate the idea that they know it's a sitcom, or like, but this is supposed to be real though, in a way, right? <laughs> Do you think that if he actually did go to jail, that they would finally band together and, you know, like, say if it was like a money issue? They Dude, gotta... That's what I was gonna say. It would only be a money issue. They say we gotta get that out so, so we get some more money in the house, and that's a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, then they would get him just so he could go back to the shoe store. Yeah, and I, I just think that the, the threat of him actually going to jail, like, they'll just laugh about it until it actually happens, and then they'll finally do something about it. Uh, so, yeah, I think everything was strong. Everything was great. Uh, funny premise. The woodpecker as like explanation for her hair. That's a little weak. I think they could have tried harder with that explanation, maybe. Agreed. I kind of like that it's off the wall. I, yeah, if it attacked her and pecked her head out, right? I guess. Totally random. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is a, it's a very random explanation of why her hair looks like that. So, uh, guys, tune in next week as we review one of uh, the iconic classics, uh, Rock and Roll Girl. Kelly's, Kelly's talents led her the lead in a sexy music video. Becoming a rock star to bring home the bacon. Does that? That doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>